Well, hi guys. Alex McDonald joined by Danielle Munoz. Hey, Dan. Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Some audio issues going on there, Danny. Yeah. You were, um, I, I don't know what happened. All of my audio inputs to Skype got messed up. I don't know if I got it fixed at the end there because while you could hear the music, when I did the talk back, you st- I don't think you could hear me. So yeah. something weird's going on. And the on. music was a little crackly. I don't know what that was about, but look how matchy we are. We kind of match each other a little. What do you mean? Our clothes. Our clothes don't match each other in the least bit. What uh-huh. Because you- that fabulous shirt that you're wearing has gray in it, and I have gray in me. And okay. so we match. I guess it has a little gray in it. Um, yeah, there, there we are. I, it's like twins. We're, yes, me. we're like Wonder Twins, which, dude, I thought about this. We could have been Wonder Twins if I got a watch to match yours. You won't get this watch because... I'm so sad. You absolutely won't get it because Ugh. there's orange there, and I can't, uh, I can't do this. I can't bend my wrist that way. Oh, we can that, smell the um, orange. That button right there yep. is orange on every yep. single one, and there's no yep. change in that. No. It is uh, it is impregnated in the titanium. So yeah, Danielle, I guess you won't be getting one of these ever. So sad because I'm of so your s- unless Apple comes to their senses and put some different colors on it. Because of your weird. Uh, Dude, the entire the time orange. Drea played at Tennessee, I never wore an orange shirt. She swore she'd get me in an orange shirt. Never I did, said, huh? oh, no, 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 princess. Even for you, I will not wear orange. Right. I wore Tennessee shirts when she was playing. That's funny. I um, did not wear orange. Yeah, it's it's weird. It is what it yeah. is. It's, it's irrational. I don't deny it. Who we have? We've got some. Um, let me do a quick refresh here. We have Diamond Dave. Hey, Dave. What's going on, Dave? Good to see you. Jake Kukin over there on Rumble. If you're watching on Rumble, hey, hit Dave. the live chat button and go into the live chat to, to appear here. Meet us in the live chat. Yeah. Uh, who else we got here? We've got Janine is here. Hey, Janine. Good hey, Janine. to see you. Uh, Michael Ann is here. Hey, hey Michael, Michael Ann. Ann. Uh, Michelle Brown is here. What's up, Michelle? Bill Campbell is hey, with us. What's up, Bill? Bill. Um, Bill account is here. What's up, Bill? Good to see hey, you. Bill. And right now, that's everyone that said hi. Bacon Slow. left us a comment and said she is spending time with Mr. Bacon, I and she'll that. catch us on the replay. So, mm-hmm. Bacon, we love you. We miss you. I saw. Hopefully, that. we'll see y'all on the boozy meetup on Friday. That's right, Friday supporters uh, virtual Zoom meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, bring your beer. Y'all update your zooms. If you have not been on your Zoom lately, update your Zooms or you're not going to be able to get in. Is that right? Because out-of-date Zooms are not going to work. Zoom is being persnickety these days. Mm. Well, so yeah, if the so. last time you Zoomed was with us on the last boozy meetup, update your Zoom. That was, in fact, the last time I used Zoom. So <laughs> I guess I'll be up- I just updated the intern Zoom this evening. I'll be updating mine, I suppose. Uh, all right, let's talk about some stuff because we have a lot to get through tonight, Danielle. Do it. Let's start with uh, probably the least important. Uh, Donald Trump is back on Twitter. Not going to spend a whole lot. I'm certainly not going to spend an entire show talking about this. Elon Musk put up, uh, he actually, it was based on a poll. Elon, put, actually, let's um, let's go take a look at it. Find us on Locals, by the way. Let's... Uh, Let's find this darn image. Is this it? Nope. Here we go. He put up a poll to reinstate President Trump. Over 15 million people voted on this thing, Danielle. And the split, to me, unsurprisingly, is very much the split we see during a general election. 48 to 52. It's pretty close. Uh, And... Elon said, well, then, um, you know, the, the, the people, the people have it. Donald the voice Trump of the people is the voice of God. Donald Trump will, in fact, be reinstated, which led CBS to, I guess, throw a hissy fit. And while they didn't leave Twitter, they quit using it for 48 hours. Danielle. That's what they did. CBS, all of its affiliates, all of their, uh, 
they quit using it for 48 hours. Nobody, literally zero people noticed. Noticed, yeah, no nobody paid noticed attention. at all. And then they came on, uh, I believe it was today, this morning. Is today the 20th? I guess it was yesterday at 8.36. They came on and said, after pausing for much of the weekend, in other words, a day, because this right. is 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday. So after pausing for much of the weekend to assess the security concerns, CBS News and Stations is resuming its activity on Twitter as we continue to monitor the situation. So nobody noticed you were gone until you came back and said that you'd left. This is almost as riveting as a news station's hurricane coverage. Right. You know how they all break in and do like these 24-hour hurricane watches? Yes. That's what this is. This is the Twitter equivalent of a hurricane watch. CBS, virtue signaling, well, we took a day. We, we protested Trump's reappearance for a day. But we're going to say it was most of the weekend and come back at 8.30 on a Sunday and just let everybody know how good we are as people by coming off of Twitter for one day. Listen. And saying that we're going to monitor the situation. Yeah. If you're trying to show people that you have principles, delete your damn account. Right. Get rid yeah, of them the entirely. If it's, a, if it's a matter of principle for you, just get off the platform. But it's never a matter of principle for people like this. The people that the people that have to state their intentions, the people that have to say, oh, look, look how principled we are. Right. It's never a matter of principle for them. And this goes for every politician that has reacted to Trump coming back on Twitter. The people like Adam Kinzinger who surprisingly didn't break down in tears over it, but did have a bit of a hissy fit that his uh, his January 6th commission didn't, didn't work, for lack of a better <laughs> term. There he is over there next to, um, next to Liz Cheney, crying probably there. Don't know that he is for certain, but most likely he's this yeah, close to are. tears. Um. He was on, he was doing the rounds, bitching and whining about Trump being back on Twitter. And here's the thing. Trump has, isn't actually back on Twitter. He hasn't used it. He hasn't said anything. It's not to say he won't. Right. And I'll tell you why. Because on Truth Social, he has like 5 million followers. And on Twitter, he has 80 something million. Right. So obviously that's where his voice is going to be heard. And we know Donald Trump can't keep he away. He can't resist. Yes. He can't keep away. He has to go no. where his voice is heard. And Elon is, uh, Elon is tormenting him with memes. You know what? Let me pull it up. Elon's been there. I don't want to log in. I, I think it's going to make me log in and I don't want to have to go through all that nonsense but let me see if i can get to it quickly um elon musk here we go let me see if i can let me see if i can pull up this little meme that elon was uh taunting president yeah look at this fuck off and i can't cancel that now Ugh. so they need a fuck off button yeah they really do it was um it was a meme of some vixen looking over her shoulder, you know, that, that whole looking back at it and Trump uh, and uh, not Trump, obviously, but a, a uh, caricature of Trump or even a caricature of Trump, to be honest with you, but a character with Trump's name written on it, trying to control himself, getting back onto Twitter. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. How long you give him? A week. Maybe a week. I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise me, but I, I don't think he will. He'll, no. he'll be back. Well, and like you say, it's where his voice is. It's where all the people are. Yeah. So 
Yeah. It's where he, he can't has to be. resist. It's where he has to be in order right. in order to have his voice heard. But yeah, that happened. Um Trump's back on Twitter. By the way, it gave gave all of us an opportunity because his camp's being reinstated as it was when it was banned. They haven't deleted any of the content. And I want to look at a couple of tweets from January 6th. <clears throat> just to just to highlight what the Democrats and this January 6th committee are all uh, are all upset about. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. And then uh, I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at around uh, 3, 3 p.m. on January 6th. The first one was around 1 p.m. or so on January 6th. This is the inciting and insurrection that Clearly the a dog Democrats whistle. are pointing to. In fact, they they had to really dig to find anything. It says uh, they're they're pointing to this as uh, inciting insurrection. These are things. The these are the things and events that happened when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and peace. Remember this day. Um, that's what they're pointing to as, uh, and that's, by the way, one of the things that Twitter pointed to as glorifying violence, which was one of the reasons for them, uh, for them banning his account to begin with. I don't know how you can get glorifying violence out of that, but um, but they did. But here's the thing: he's. I don't want to say he's I mean, got I, a point. Go on. No, go ahead. No. I was just gonna say I don't think that because that's after, right? It looked like that was the evening, like after the things happened. Yeah, that was after everything. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's excusing, like shit's kicked off, like. This is what happens, right? When you steal an election away from people and they're frustrated, this is what happens. So I think it's definitely excusing the behavior, but oh, I yeah, don't think it's, yeah. but I, I agree with you. I don't think it's glorifying violence. I do think it's making an excuse. Yeah. No, listen, I'm not defending Trump. I'm not defending January 6th here. Right. No. And it was, um, it shouldn't have happened. Right. It should never have happened. But Trump said the the next, again, it was the next day and this is unfortunate. But the next day, he said, we we exhausted our options. This is over. Now, we were saying that prior to January 6th. We've exhausted. And there are legal options. Don't let Democrats fool you. They have objected to every single Republican president that has been elected since Ronald Reagan. They've on, on the day that the election is certified, that the electors are sworn in and certified, Democrats have raised objections to every single Republican president, just like the Republicans in Congress did that day. It's part of the legal process. You're allowed to do it. And while those actions are completely separate to the rioting that took place January 6th. Those actions by the politicians are perfectly legal, legal and absolutely justifiable under the Constitution. And this right. is what the January 6th committee seemed to forget. And this is what this, this administration forgets when they talk about extremist ultra-mega Republicans. They're talking about Republicans in Congress that objected to the certification of electors. Democrats have historically done this and right. will continue to. And in general, it's a remarkably peaceful process. Just so happens that in uh, 2021, January 6th of 2021, wasn't all that peaceful. It wasn't deadly. Right. I mean, 
there was at least one person killed. Right. It was definitionally deadly, but from the other side. From the other side. The government right. did the killing that right. day. But here's the thing. The Trump administration had had they've got the they've got history, precedent, and the law on their side. It is not unpatriotic to question the outcome of an election. Right. It's it part of the process. It's part of the process. And there's there's a reason for that. I'm gonna I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over. I'm gonna skip over a story real quick. There's a reason for that. Right now in Arizona, the assistant attorney general is refusing to certify Arizona's election until questions are answered, Danielle. And this is exactly what President Trump was calling for for January 6th. He wanted Congress to go onto the floor, object to the certification, ask questions, and demand an investigation. That's what the assistant AG of Arizona is doing. This is because the elections board in Maricopa County are not certifying the election. Because there are questions that need to be answered. We have one of our audience, one of the members of our audience, um, Sandy, is involved in this right now because of what she witnessed in Maricopa County where tabulated ballots were mixed with untabulated ballots and sent off to a tabulation center potentially to be recounted. Sandy will be, uh, Sandy's, I think, already sworn an affidavit to what she saw. And these things are being investigated. And for that reason, they can't certify this election. And because Carrie Lake is within 17,000 votes, which is real close to being within the margin of error for a recount, they can't certify the election. That's the legal process taking place. Then we have then we have this uncounted votes on overlooked memory card flip election in Georgia. This is in Kennesaw. An overlooked memory card in Cobb County with uncounted ballots changed the final results of a special election, officials have said. The county's Board of Elections and Registration voted to recertify the results of the November 8th Kennesaw City Council special election during a November 18th meeting. Now, this is a small local council election, right. small local council race. And it got, luckily, it got caught, it got found. The people there were honest. They found a memory. Why votes are on a memory card? I don't know. But they are. Apparently, this is how we do it. They put your your election results on an SD card to be uh, that can be plugged into any phone, can be plugged into any laptop or desktop computer. A memory card can be plugged into anything and probably manipulated. But we our, our elections are run on good faith. We operate in good faith, and we assume the people running these elections are operating in good faith. And right. this one got caught. This one got found. It got it was disclosed. But it was disclosed after they had already certified the winner of the election. Well, how difficult would it be for someone to say? And just toss that memory card away and say, eh, win some, lose some. Or what happens if it gets mishandled and right. gets corrupted? Right. Now, in Kennesaw City Council special election, maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal. Unless you're the guy running in the city council special election. But, but translate it to a national presidential election. 
where apparently votes are stored on a memory card. A memory card that can be plugged into any cell phone. Plugged it well, yeah, with a card reader, obviously. Right. Any laptop computer, any iPad can just be plugged in. And who knows what you're able to do to that data. And this is why we've got to stop running our elections based on good faith. If we're going to use technology for our electoral process, let's make it foolproof. Let's make it something like redo voting, Danielle. Those folks right. we interviewed that have, that I went into that meeting with them initially with every intention of tearing their security to pieces. And I couldn't. I could not do it. That is a secure voting system or as secure as I could ever imagine a voting system being. Right. In the meantime, we're using electronic voting machines with tabulators that stop working with tabulators that we have documented evidence of switching votes, of tabulators that can't read the ballot correctly if it wasn't printed dark enough. Right. These are all things that happened just this past week, two weeks ago. I'm not talking about historical events. I'm talking about things that just happened in this past election. Did they really? Yes. That's what Maricopa was. Their tabulators stopped working. Oh, right, the right. ballots were printed. The, the ballot printing machine was running out of ink or some out of shit. Ink, yeah. And the tabulators. Paper. One of them was out of paper. Yeah, there, were, there, were, there were places that were out of paper, for fuck's sake. On a day when you know people are going yeah, to be yeah. printing their ballots on paper. But we, we run our elections based on good faith. We have good faith that our election registrars are going to do the right thing. Our board of election supervisors are going to operate ethically and legally. Right. That volunteers at the polls are going to operate ethically and legally. And I got to tell you, I don't trust 99% of human beings to operate ethically and legally. I just don't. So if we're going to use technology, let's use it properly and look, look to a system such as redo voting to actually secure our elections. I want every legal vote counted. Amen. But I want to do away with this bullshit that we just witnessed in Maricopa County where tabulated ballots or effectively counted and uncounted ballots get mixed together and sent back for recounting. Maybe if it does go to a recount in Maricopa, maybe they'll find that, wait a second, there were obviously some duplicates here because we're counting 50,000 now, whereas before there were 60,000, for example. Maybe they'll find that, hey, some shit got mixed in and recounted. Maybe they'll be transparent and maybe they'll tell the public, ooh, we, we messed up. But we've heard that one too many times in our elections. Ooh, we messed up. Right. Yeah. Oops. Whether it's a memory card here, um, the software in DeKalb County that flipped a special election recently. We talked about that on here, remember? Yes. In fact, the last place finisher actually won the election and it had to be recertified. Right. Yeah. All of the questions that were raised over the 2020 election and the questions that are now being raised over this most recent midterm. And listen, I get it. Republicans had a great night. But I still, even though Republicans... I want the questions answered. Even if it flips some Republican seats back to blue, I want the questions answered. Right. We need to know the truth. And we just don't have a transparent election system. 
because so much of it is based on trust and faith. And I have no trust or faith in very many people. I hate to say that. That's, that's, this is human behavior has gotten me to this point. Human behavior. So yeah, refusing to certify the election in uh, Arizona because Maricopa County screwed the pooch. Messed Again. up big time. Let's go to the chat and see what's going on. Oh, there was Becky. Land agrees with you. Becky said, uh, here for a minute. Gotta say hi. Hello, sister. Says hi to Hans. Not much. Welcome back. I didn't see Hans. Hey, Hans, me neither. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't my assume mama, oh, anything. Oh, there he is, right below my mama. Oh, there he is. Hey, Hans. Yeah, there he is. There's your mom. Hi, Hans. Hi, mama. Um... There is no good faith in elections. I listen. I'm I. I hate to say it, but I'm kind of at the point where I agree. I, I, whatever it is, what it is. Luckily, we're on Rumble. Can't get booted off of YouTube for this one. But yes. um, and I'm way out of center over here. Whatever, I'll deal with that another time. But yeah, there you go. The intern now. is here. Hey, intern. Hey, Kurt, what's going on, brother? All right, so now I need to find Oh, and Rich Archer's here. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich, what's up, man? Let's talk about this. Um, Merrick Garland did a little press conference last week. I think it was it was like Thursday or Friday night. I was Or Thursday, Friday sometime. I was watching it as I was driving home. Um, a, a, appointing a special counsel to investigate or to continue the investigation into Donald Trump. Those investigations cover Donald Trump's actions and intentions, because apparently we investigate intentions now related to January 6th, Danielle, but also his actions and intentions related to the documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago. The timing of it was obviously planned. And in fact, Merrick Garland even admitted to that in his, uh, in his press conference, it was because Donald Trump announced his run for the presidency that they announced this special counsel. The investigation was ongoing, but Merrick Garland now wants to be able to wash his hands of it. He wants to be able to distance himself from it or effectively recuse himself from the investigation. Right. Now that his boss Joe Biden and uh, his potential boss, Donald Trump, are both in the race for a president. Garland is doing he's, he's doing the weasel move. Doing the dance, yeah. Yeah, getting his way out of it. The investigation, obviously, they, they want to get it wrapped up as he says as quickly as possible. I'll guarantee you it'll be going on through 2024. Oh, yeah. Because you, you got to be able to damage Donald Trump. Here's the thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene came out <laughs> and is Sorry. seeking to defund this special counsel. Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene is urging Republicans to impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland. I'm not sure why, but maybe for his abuse of the FBI. Don't know. And block the use of taxpayer money for a special counsel to probe former President Donald Trump. Green called on the GOP to refuse to appropriate any funds to Merrick Garland's special counsel and defund any part of the DOJ. I got that right, by the way. Acting on behalf instead of the DOG. Not the dog DOG. The DOJ acting on behalf of the Democrat Party as a taxpayer-funded campaign arm for the Democrats' 2024 presidential nominees. In a tweet detailing the plan, Green said that the current House Minority Leader and likely next House Speaker Kevin McCarthy would deny funding to the Department of Justice special counsel investigating Trump. Green said McCarthy would invoke the Holman Rule, a procedural measure by which the House may adjust appropriations legislation to reduce the salary of or fire specific government employees. 
They may also use it to cut specific programs. So this is Marjorie Taylor's green, Marjorie Taylor Green's attempt of derailing or stopping these investigations in their tracks, Danielle, which I think is a really bad idea. I've already shown you some tweets from Donald Trump. These are tweets from January 6th. I don't see anything condemning in those tweets. And there were no others that day that were any worse than this, by the way. There's nothing condemning there. We know what Donald Trump said when he was on that stage outside of the... um, uh, uh, there, where were they? At the White House, I guess. Were, yeah. On when the he Rotunda, said, I think. "Head down to the Capitol and peacefully, peacefully and patriotically, have your voices heard." There was nothing there that was could even be remotely de- uh, uh, d- d- deemed to be inciting violence. Right. The January sixth committee, while they've definitely edit together edited together some great videos they haven't shown anything that even comes close to showing that Donald Trump incited an insurrection so let this investigation continue and exonerate the former president rather than giving the appearance of sweeping it under the table there's another reason to let it proceed. Waco upda- WAPO update about Mar-a-Lago raid doesn't fit the narrative. There's nothing funnier than watching leftist Pinocchio. Uh, what does that say? Punch, Punchinellos? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Leftist Punchinellos beclown themselves over the latest We've Got Trump Now hijinks. Remember when the FBI raided Trump's home supposedly looking for nuclear secrets a few months back? Guess how that turned out. I'll let the the uh, Quislings at the Washington Post spell it out. Federal agents and prosecutors have come to believe former President Trump's motive for allegedly taking and keeping classified documents was largely his ego and a desire to hold on to the materials as trophies or mementos, according to people familiar with the matter. In other words... Trump was keeping souvenirs as everyone else does. Funny how the Washington Post sat on that story until after the midterms, right? But wait, there's more. That review has not found any apparent business advantage to the types of classified information in Trump's possession, these people said. FBI interviews with witnesses so far, they said, also do not point to any nefarious effort by Trump to leverage, sell, or use the government secrets. Instead, the former president seemed motivated by a more basic desire not to give up what he believed was his property, these people said. Let the special prosecutor do his job. Give him the money he wants. Let him do his thing, because he's going to come up with absolutely nothing, Daniel. Right. Absolutely nothing, that's going to, uh, well, indict former President Donald Trump. So let it play out. Because if Marjorie Taylor Greene gets her way, everyone, including me, will just look at it like you're trying to sweep it under the rug and make it go away. Give him the money, let him do his worst. In fact, ideally, what you want is an absolute bulldog of a special prosecutor investigating you. And this is what Donald Trump should do right now is come out and say, yes, yes, let's let this bulldog. If, if president Trump honestly believes he's done nothing wrong, which I truly think he believes he's done nothing wrong. And I, I believe quite frankly that he's done nothing illegal. Right then let this special prosecutor do his worst. They came after him for four years and got nothing. Yea, verily I say, everything that we know about 
politics we've learned from the West Wing. Right. Because what did they do when it came out that the president had and hid that had knew and hid that he had relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis? <coughs> they what said, Go on. bring the biggest bulldog investigator you have. Oh, did they we really? Were, yeah. Yes, we learned that from the West yeah, Wing. That's what and, the and, lawyer. Remember, the lawyer uh, said. I actually don't remember that. Yes. But, but I'm I, yes. I'm not going to doubt it. Maybe that's oh, why that. Maybe that's happened. why that's in my head. Yes. Because that's exactly what you want. Yep. You want the baddest MFR on the planet coming after you. So that at the end of the day, when he says, yeah, we found nothing. But so, and I don't disagree with you, but I kind of feel like this is a lose-lose because it's like Russia collusion. Like all of that came to absolutely nothing. Right. And liberals still, you know, cite russia collusion well, like it's a real thing yeah and that's a so, failure but that's a failure by the republican party not being able to message that's what that is and republicans have got to get better at this they've got to get better at getting their side out there getting their viewpoints getting their message out there that's all that is you counter the narrative with your own narrative and republicans are awful at that well but how's this going to be any different you I know don't know. I don't know that it will. I don't know that it will. But enough of the base, the 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 base, right? The the never Trumpers, who honestly believe he's a criminal. This could convince them, and they would know about it because they're the ones that pay attention. And if uh, if you can tell your base, hey, he did nothing wrong. We sent the we sent the most capable, effective special counsel after him that we could. And that's how they're billing this guy, this uh, this special counsel. Billing, uh, uh, Garland was billing him as the most qualified person to go after Donald Trump. He didn't actually say go after Trump. He said to right, follow through, to see through this yeah. investigation. Um, but if that's the case, that's good for Trump. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, you know, maybe sit down. Right. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And let this play out. Unless here's what I think her concern is. She's up to her waist in election denying. I don't know what her messaging was on January 6th. I don't know. Good night, I Becky. can guess. I don't know if her messaging was or could be viewed as incitement. But people who, those people may be in trouble. I have, I, I, I've seen no evidence of it from Donald Trump. I've seen no evidence of it from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Don't get me wrong. But she is, um, she's kind of a wild card. She's bombastic. Yeah. It's kind of out there and it wouldn't put it past me if she had said, uh, you get down there and riot. I'm not saying she did, but it wouldn't, wouldn't put it past Raise her. Raise a ruckus. And maybe she's concerned for her own, you know, freedom because this invasion, this investigation could lead to indictments, which could lead to prison sentences. Maybe that's why she wants to chirp about this. But I, I think they're better off just letting it run its course. I, know. I can see her saying Jewish alien lasers. I can't see her doing that. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I have no idea whether she did or not. I think it's just knee jerk. I think she's reactionary. I think mm -hmm. she's always reactionary. Maybe I'll reach out. I'll reach out to her um, offices again and see if I can get her to come on. Um, they, they agreed the last time. And then got back with me and said, oh, she's out of, she was out of state doing fundraising. But one time they did agree. So I'll reach out again. And I know, I know, Danielle, you'll love it because it will be a shit show. And you'll love it. But I would like to get her on and I'd like to you ask know, her why, crazy. why do you think they should shut down this investigation? 
But I'll reach out again and see if we can get her on. We'll see what happens. But yeah, a uh, special prosecutor going after former President Donald Trump. And I say, um, I say, let him have it. Let's talk about this. The FDA. <laughs> the FDA says that telling people not to take ivermectin for COVID-19 is just a suggestion. It's just a recommendation. It wasn't a policy. It wasn't. It wasn't a policy. We didn't. Uh, we didn't make any threats about this. Never mind that they did, and they and threatened to sanction any doctor that would prescribe it. Go on. The verbiage, and I know you're going to get to this, but any parent in the audience will recognize this immediately as the verbiage of a child caught lying. Right. The U.S. FDA guidance for people to stop taking ivermectin for COVID-19 was informal and just a recommendation, government lawyers argued in a recent hearing. The cited statements were not directives. They were not mandatory. They were recommendations, they said. They said what parties should do. They said, for example, why you should not take ivermectin to treat COVID-19. They didn't say you may not do it. You must not do it. They, they did not say it's prohibited or it's unlawful. They also did not say that doctors may not prescribe ivermectin, Isaac Belfer, one of the lawyers said during a November 1st hearing in a federal court in Texas. Except that they did. 100% did. They 100% told doctors. They may not, listen, they may not have sent out a memo or they may not have issued uh, public guidance telling medical providers do not provide ivermectin, but the message to medical providers was loud and clear. Do not prescribe ivermectin. Do not prescribe hydrochloroquine. Later on, it was uh, anti-colonial, anti-something or other I don't know what they're antibodies. called. Yeah. Monoclonal antibodies. Monoclonal antibodies. All of these may not have been directives from the FDA, but you had the White House condemning them. You had every Democrat politician condemning them. You had the AMA condemning them. You had the FDA condemning them. And the message and like, was loud and clear. Go on. Like Janine says, social media silencing people for saying the word. Right. Being banned from YouTube for just saying we the word. We knew not to say that word. Yeah. They you used, got us a strike for saying Wasn't that the word you said that caught us a strike? One of the times, yeah. When you read it in a... And, and I shouldn't even say it that way because you read it in an email from Fauci. Yes, because their initial reaction to ivermectin was, I won't, I'm not going to say positive, but it wasn't negative. No. They use informal language. That is true. It's conversational, but not mandatory. The hearing was held in a case brought by three doctors who say the FDA illegally interfered with their ability to prescribe medicine to their patients, which they absolutely did. Yep. When it issued statements on ivermectin, an antiparasitic that has shown positive results in some trials against COVID-19. Ivermectin is approved by the FDA, but not for COVID-19. Drugs commonly used for non-approved purposes in the United States. Sorry, drugs are commonly used for non-approved purposes. The practice is known as an off-label treatment. The FDA created a webpage in 2021 titled Why You Should Not Use Ivermectin to Treat or Prevent COVID-19 and later posted a link to the page on Twitter while writing, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, seriously y'all, stop it. This was when the media ran with it, calling it horse paste. Horse paste. You remember? Anybody yep. oh God, yes. painted anybody that even considered using ivermectin as a retard. You're, you're using horse paste, you retards. Yep. Don't the FDA it. absolutely worked to 
interfere with a physician's ability to prescribe medicine, medicine that could have saved lives. On a separate page, the FDA stated, Q, should I take ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19? A, no. That's a pretty definitive Q&A, right? Should I take yeah. it? No. Okay. Those actions interfered with the doctor's practice of medicine, violating the laws, including the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, the lawsuit alleges. This was predictable. It was predictable because only you, in a in a free country, only you get to make medical choices for yourself. Right. We don't even have to take our doctor's advice. Now, your doctor can absolutely refuse to prescribe something for you, as they did with ivermectin. Many woke leftist, let's say even some, even some probably perfectly decent GPs, that, want, that would have normally prescribed ivermectin, didn't because of what the government's narrative was. So they can certainly refuse prescriptions to you, but they can't force them on you. Right. Like vaccines, like the government tried to do with their vaccine. There are a number of studies right now that look promising when it comes to COVID-19. It's not a cure-all, obviously, but it's looked promising. And there's a lot of anecdotal evidence right now that shows that some of those people that were in high-risk groups may have fared a little better if they were on a regimen of ivermectin. The anti-inflammatory. You know, the people whose lungs effectively tore themselves apart? Antiviral. Antiviral, sorry. And now the government's having to defend their practices in court. And so now we're seeing the lengths they will go to to defend their statements. Oh, well, it wasn't, it was just... It, a suggestion. We we didn't really expect anyone to comply. Remember that at the time this was happening, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, um, but we talked about this, that the numbers of infections in African countries were shockingly low. And we're like, why, why are we not seeing numbers coming out of these African countries? Is it because of the you know, the poverty and the lack of communication, what's going on? No, it's because they have dengue fever. So they take ivermectin, they take ivermectin. and similar drugs as a matter of course to, to save them from shit in their water. Right. So we were seeing, I guess, anecd is that anecd I guess it's anecdotal data. Sure, it's anecdotal. They were on ivermectin. They weren't getting this virus that everybody else was getting. So... Especially, you know. and when you consider that here in America, one of the highest risk, according to the government, one of the highest risk, risk groups were black Americans. Right. In Africa, pretty, pretty high population of blacks. They were all good, yeah. And a far lower death rate due to COVID. So low that we were seriously thinking like they're dying and people just aren't counting them because they're literally... I mean, it's, they are the underserved population, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, communication is lower there. Technology is lower there. So we just don't have tabs on them. So we're not seeing the numbers. No, yeah, they're not getting it because they're taking the, they're taking the meds. Right. And so while there's no common denominator between American and, Af and Africa, there's certainly a numerator and that was ivermectin. Right. The government lied. It, again, the government lied to us then, 
and they're lying to us again now in court. They're now lying under oath. Oh, it was just a suggestion. They know what they did, and they know what their actions and their statements, they know what it caused. But now they have to defend themselves in court. Pay attention to what government lawyers say when they're in court. And make sure people don't forget it. The next time anything happens, make sure you bring up the fact that, wait a second, let's go back to what they did with ivermectin. The fact that they, 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 they claimed in court that they weren't issuing guidance. Tell your doctor. If you had a doctor that refused to prescribe it to you, send him this story. Let him read it, him or her. Let them read it. Let them, let them witness with their own two eyes how weak and how dangerous they were for letting pressure guide their treatment. Because that should never happen. Right. The government should never be able to affect your medical treatment through illegal, unnecessary strong-arming of the medical community. And that's exactly what they did. They're assholes. How long do we have left here? Five minutes. Let's finish on this. San Francisco launches a new guaranteed income program for the, uh, for the T's. Not for the LGBs. Not the Q's. Just for the T's. San Francisco Mayor London Breed Tranny. announced the launch of a new guaranteed income program for the city's transgender community on Wednesday. The Guaranteed Income for Trans People GIFT program, aptly named, will provide low-income transgender residents with $1,200 a month each for up to 18 months to help address financial insecurity within the community. In a statement, the city of San Francisco said GIFT is one of several programs the city is developing, implementing and evaluating to identify how to best support San Francisco residents and promote economic stability and recovery. It's going to be a pilot program, Danielle. It'll be for 50 people initially with the goal of ro rolling it out to any tranny that qualifies. I have so many questions. I, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say about this. All you have to be, you have to put on a dress and be, be a little bit broke in order to qualify for I don't this. think you even have to do that. All you have to do is say, I can say I'm a guy. 55. Female. 55. I'm now male. Yeah, 55 people initially. Sorry. With the, it will also, oh God, it gets even worse. Oh, Additionally, okay. the city said it will provide the same individuals with wraparound direct services, such as gender affirming medical and mental health care, case management, specialty care services, and financial coaching. So they're going to pay for their transitioning, I guess. You know, and here's the thing. We talked about this when we talked about Vandy. The medical care and case management for transgender people in most cases is shockingly and horrifyingly sparse. Like it's show up and we'll give you your hormones, slap you on the ass and send you out the door. So they're not truly in most cases, they are not truly getting counseling or any sort of right. um, mental health care. Sure. Which I mean, which to me, I mean, not saying that would make this OK, but it would at least be some kind of 
light in this whole thing that these people who I think both of us believe need some kind of mental care support would be getting it through this program. But in most cases, from what we've seen from Kate, from programs for transgender folks, they really don't get mental health support. Well, yeah. And it's also not a requirement of the program. The only requirement is you take your 1200 bucks and do whatever trannies do with 1200 bucks. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure they live perfectly normal lives, quite yeah, frankly. Some of Most them pay of them, rent, some of them buy groceries, yeah. some of them probably go to Target and shop on the yeah. dollar aisle. Who knows? Here's the good news, though. It's not going to cost you a mere penny. This is a city of San Francisco program, right. which means the residents of San Francisco will be footing the bill for this. Maybe there'll be some grants, maybe some federal grants and some of our money will go to this. Um, but in general, it's not going to cost me a penny. So I'm not going to worry about it too much except that these pilot programs end up being a model for programs rolled out nationwide. Generally, welfare programs exist to achieve a goal. Even Democrats under Bill Clinton implemented welfare to work. They acknowledged Right. That the goal of the welfare program is to transition. Like a hand up. Is to transition people. I'm going uh, <laughs> to use that word. From welfare, from welfare to work. To right. help them, to give them the means or give them an assistance to get themselves out of poverty. And into, uh, into a higher income bracket. There's no stated goal with this program, Danielle. There's no stated end to this program. I mean, 18 months, sure. For, for you know, you're, you're eligible for 18 months. But it doesn't state what the goal of the program is. Is right. the goal, if the goal is to, listen, if the trans community are, struggling more you know as a as a demographic the goal of the program should be to maybe help them find work find some skills do some job training be able to better yourself all this talks about though is gender affirming medical and mental health care 1200 bucks a month. It doesn't say what they've implemented to actually help these people right. in their lives. Promote economic stability and recovery. Or sorry, to support San Francisco residents and promote economic stability and recovery. I don't know how this program does that when there are no there are no aspects of it that even focus on economic stability and recovery. Yeah, giving people money doesn't promote economic stability. It promotes dependency. Right. <laughs> Which maybe that's the goal. There was that program. I can't remember where it was. It was the home buyer assistance program. You remember that? It was in the, like Virginia somewhere, Virginia, Maryland area. Was it? Yep. And they were given, and, and a lot of people, on, a lot of Republicans saw it as a handout. They were giving people money to buy a home. It was a reparation kind of thing. It was yeah, that's for, right. It was reparation. It was for black, specifically for black folks. That's right. And it was, um, and they were able to, they, there were requirements on this program. One of the requirements being that you had to use the money to buy a home, right? Yes, that was what the program was for. Yeah. Home ownership, home ownership is one of the fastest ways to wealth independence. Maybe not so much within the last year or two, but historically right. it's been one of the, the fastest ways to wealth independence. Danny and I talked about this program and didn't immediately shoot it down. And we said, you know, we're going to have to keep an eye on this and see if it's successful, see if it works. Because 
quite frankly, there's a payback to the community with this. Yes, it costs money up front, but for something like this, I saw the potential of the, the money paying itself back. And so while I can't say I supported the program, I didn't immediately dismiss it. I said, let's let it play out, see what happens. I, I don't see that with this program. This is simply a hand act. It's ha a hand act to, uh, to a group of people that I guess the people in charge in San Francisco see as being historically oppressed and believe it's their job to bail them out of trouble somehow. Right. This doesn't get them out of any trouble, doesn't dig them out of any hole, doesn't advance them as a, uh, as a, segment of the population it keeps them exactly where they are but makes them dependent on some money from the government i just don't get it i don't fucking understand it so i have a problem with this one i just don't get it and the goal is to the goal is to roll this out to any eligible trans person in san francisco and I'm sure the ultimate goal is to roll it out throughout all of California. Right. And then to other blue states that follow in California's lead. Is it any wonder people are leaving California as fast as they are? No. There are a lot of people right now who are struggling, especially in a place like San Francisco where it's, damn near impossible to keep your head above water look at their homeless problem the homeless you know and to me that's part of this thing is that they're painting transgender people as i don't even know how does i was gonna say as an underrepresented minority but there are these drummed up statistics like the um sexual violence against transgender people statistic that's been debunked right. over and over and over again. So it's not, you know what? I take that back. Not even an underrepresented minority, a victim class. And I feel like that's what this is, that it's, it's sort of continuing to paint that picture of transgender people as a victim class, that they need this thing because they make less money than cisgender. I don't even know what the, what the sort of flip side of that coin is, um, you know, or that they're more likely to end up in poverty or homelessness or any of those things than their non-transgender peers. And to quote Alex, the data just isn't there to support that. Right. You know, it's not their transgenderness, I don't think. I haven't seen any statistics, any reports, any studies that show that it's their transgenderness that ends them up in those situations. No, it's... you know. It's I mean, other things. Yeah, it's it's other things. Yeah. I mean, people end up in people end up in tough spots generally because of poor choices. Right. This is no different. And I'm not saying that being trans is a poor choice, don't get me wrong. But there are other factors at play here than simply being trans. Probably one of the biggest is the fact that they live in San Francisco. Right where the average home price is like $1.2 million. Yeah. I, Your average I would, rent is like five grand a month. I would argue that within, you know, a five question interview, we can figure out not necessarily where these people went wrong, but what the underlying issues are that have nothing to do with their right. transgenderness. Right. Michelle's that leaving. Got them where they are. Good night, Michelle. We're, we're, night, Michelle. we will have a show Thanksgiving night. So tune yes, in. we will. And I'm going to drag you off this soapbox because, dude, I just looked at the time. We are grossly over time. We've been talking about this I for know. a while. Um, this, is, this is one program that is just ridiculous on its face. Yeah. That isn't going to help anyone. And I think it's virtue signaling and playing to a victim class that doesn't exist. That's exactly what it is. And eventually, as Margaret Thatcher said, they're going to run out of other people's money. 
And all of these programs that San Francisco is implementing, they are going to die a horrific death because nobody will be left there to fund them. All right, right. let's wrap this up. On that one, we are out. Y'all, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We, as Alex mentioned, we will be here Thanksgiving night. So come be fat with us. It will be Al's giving. Hey, are you opening your presents on the show or? I hadn't thought about it. Maybe. That's what I did last year, I think. Yeah, that's what I did last year. Can I open them on the show? Of course. Yeah. Don't be silly. Of course you can. Just checking. They are neither dildos nor butt plugs. Not that we couldn't. We would save those for the boozy show Friday night. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. So. Oh. I was going to say, I got my, uh, I picked up that air fryer today. It's a two bay air fryer that will let you do two different foods at two different temperatures. And it's smart and it times them for you. So if you have one that cooks, yeah, it will automatically start one when the, when it needs to. And so that your food's ready at the same time. It's amazing. fabulous air fryer, but it doesn't do that. It made perfect roast potatoes in 20 minutes. Those looked really good. They were delicious. They looked really good. So now we know what we're having for Al's giving dinner. I always have roast potatoes. These would just be a lot quicker and uh, easier to do. So yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. Sorry. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here. Al's giving evening. And then we'll be back Friday for our boozy meetup. That's right. Bye, Friday night. Bye, guys. Bye.